Hello there, Terry here with episode four zero of the Animation Industry Podcast. Now, today's episode is going to get a little bit not safe for work, so you have been warned. The guest I'm having on today is a super rad 2D animator who's made stuff for Adult Swim, Cartoona, Teen Titans Go, Tigtone, Little Big Awesome, Pickle and Peanut, Regular Show, Stone Quackers, Lucas Brothers Moving Company, and more. But first, I have a sponsored message to share with you. It comes from my friends over at Bloop Animation, which is an online learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. They have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, animation foundations course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. The courses are all in video form, so there's no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and start learning in seconds. They even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step-by-step of how they made one of their films from coming up with the idea to storyboarding, animation, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book completely free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses, and I'll include both those links in the description of this podcast. Now, back to today's guest. So today I'm chatting with Sean Glaze, or if you know him on the internet as Lord Spew, who is a Los Angeles-based 2D animation generalist who makes his own unique brand of raunchy, hyper, guilty pleasure cartoons using his all-in-one production team skill set. So he specializes in writing, directing, voice acting, storyboarding, designing, animating, composing, sound designing, and editing his own shorts, which are then released across social media as well as television. So Sean is also storyboarding on Teen Titans Go right now and has also worked on storyboarding, writing, and animating for networks like Warner Brothers, Netflix, Disney XD, Amazon, Fox, Comedy Central, Viceland, Cartoon Network, and Adult Swim, which I mentioned before. He has also art directed and created the main style of an Adult Swim pilot called Chuck Deuce with Shadow Machine, and he continues to develop and pitch shows and web content frequently. But the main thing that ties his body of work together is his desire to add humor to every step of the process, and as he says, it can always get funnier. So Sean, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. How is it going? Yeah, man, uh, I'm excited, and thank you for asking me on. I appreciate it the interest into uh, me, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I wouldn't, it doesn't happen that often. I don't I don't get uh, asked to do very many podcasts. So it's nice to, I don't know, it's nice to be asked. And uh, yeah, for- well, I, I saw an interview with you that you posted on your Instagram. I've been following you for quite some time because of your ridiculous humor. Um, and you just had a really interesting take and story on how you got into what you do now. So I thought I'd ask you to be on and you were like, yeah, man. So, so yeah, let's talk about that. So you basically get paid to make like short, ridiculous adult themed animations from your living room. Um, and from the looks of it, it sounds like, or it looks like you can just make whatever comes to mind. So I want to talk about how you do all that from how you pitch something that you are interested in, think that's going to hit to, uh, you know, executing it and everything in between. So first of all, why did you choose animation as your career path? Out of all the zillion things you could do in the world, uh, I think that um, I sort of happened on to it 
it's a combination of accident and practicality. I think it, it was sort of a combination of like, I did fine art when I was younger and I was always like really focused on making impressive detailed work. Uh, but the problem was, I, I don't think I really had fun doing it. I think I sort of did what I thought other people wanted to see and like, like, look at me, I'm a fine artist. And I think, that what ended up happening is I started when it came down to like having to be in a thing where I'm, I'm working every day on something and wanting to go home after classes or after work and doing more. Um, I realized that the sustainability maybe wasn't there and I had to try to find what, uh, what I would want to do long-term and the thing that I would want to do when I, come home at night and so uh i ended up realizing that um like you know i was like painting and then like for fun i was like making these stupid shitty cartoons to make my friends laugh and like even when i um and and like I, i was still sort of on the fence about what i wanted to do but i started taking animation classes uh and i was still sort of some you know because i started paying to go to school so i was like in art school and like like do i feel weird about uh like making fine art like or you know like hold on do do i feel weird about uh like making immature cartoons i would show to my friends instead of fine art cartoons and so for a while i was trying to make like fine art beautiful animation and uh i had a um i had this moment where i was uh working on my junior thesis and uh i was trying to make something like beautiful or something profound or something and i couldn't like crack it i couldn't find something that like i really really wanted to do and i ended up going on um christmas break and during that time i animated this uh or i storyboarded this little sequence of just like this guy with a fist for a head powering up like dragon ball z style and all his parts are turning into fists and then he like smashes a bunch of people and like it was just to make my friends laugh as a joke like i was like but i realized like i had taken my own time and i was working on that stuff and like in classes i was working on something that i didn't even care about and i realized that even that i I might have to get over the idea that like, um, Hey, I'm working on something fun, but it's immature and my teachers might not like it, but it's fun for me. And so I started making cartoons that were funny. Uh, and I like, I, I still do some fine art here and there. It kind of shows up uh, when I have to paint a background in one of my cartoons, but, uh, that's sort of how I decided like, that that's that's the accidental way that that i that i decided the the practical way um was sort of like uh and, and the reason why i signed up to take um cl- uh, classes at the university of the arts anyway um was because i was painting and i was like how am i gonna make a living as a painter man like like what in like 10 years maybe i'll be one of the top painters in the city and i'll have some gallery show and 
I'll sell paintings for it. But what, what about in between then? And I started looking into animation and I realized it's one of the only art forms uh, that have like uh, this, this thing where they do a mass hire and then they, they keep you on for a long period of time. Like for these seasons of shows, they need like 50, 60 people a lot of times to uh to make the show work and to make a season of a show sometimes it takes a full year and um you know i was so used to seeing like you know maybe like illustration designs graphic design jobs and everything is like so freelanced and one-off but like animation seemed really sustainable like it was like there are a lot of shows and there are a bunch of studios and uh it would be something that that people are in need of and so i ended up sort of deciding also for the the money of it for how to live and create a career that maybe to to do animation instead of painting or something right okay well i do want to talk about how you've kind of made a career out of making these like you said shittier <laughs> cartoons <laughs> yeah I don't yeah think, well compared to like a fine arts uh perspective but I want to know who or what were you trying to impress when you were doing school and you were trying to do like a super fine arts job with your work? I mean, I mean, part of it was because my family has a lot of fine artists in it, like not famous, but like if you go to my grandparents' house, there's paintings that members of the family have all made and they're beautiful, beautiful paintings. And I grew up like, in a family where my grandpa was an opera singer and my like great uncle was a painter and my great grandfather was a painter and my mom painted and my dad did graphic design. And so there was all these like sort of fine arts y sort of influences there. Um, but also like I um uh I, I I had a thing when I was younger where I needed to I never felt like I was like super, super um, like, like popular. And, and, and so like, I, I really poured myself into like my work ethic and school and being good at things and, and trying to work on myself and make myself better and more impressive. And so I think that at, at that age, it was probably me just trying to be, uh, trying to be someone worth noticing or someone that people could look at and say like, Oh, like in the yearbook, he's most likely to be the paint, uh, an artistic painter or whatever, you know, like, like uh, voted most artistic. Uh, and so I think that I was like the art kid in school. Right. And so the, or as, as people at, in my school would call me, they'd say like, he's a drawler. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, I think I think that was part of it. It was I I don't think it was anyone specifically. I think it was probably something just I had to overcome in myself because like I always watched cartoons when I was uh, small, but I never uh, like I I guess it took me a while to see myself as somebody that like could go to school could go to college for making cartoons about butts and explosions and right. boobs and shitting and like you know like like i'm in college classes 
like making cartoons where everybody's exploding with blood and like like pouring i pouring all this money into that and like is that is that a silly thing to pay for yeah but like <laughs> i mean i i guess it worked out <laughs> I don't yeah know. well do you it's it's interesting that you said you kind of used art as the way to get attention um and and really develop and work on yourself do you still feel that way now that you have turned it into a career and you do get attention and you do get paid for it do i you mean still have those I, feelings? I mean, started starting when I was young, um, I so I, I felt like I was really shy, and so I found these like these like tricks to like make myself seem more social or make myself uh, like like ba it's like I didn't know what to talk about, and so I would make things to talk about, and so like I would make a drawing that I could bring into school and show people and say like. Yo, like I drew Vegeta and like you guys like Dragon Ball Z, right? And they're like, oh, yo, that's dope. How did you do that? And like, well, like, you, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm oh, just and, trying and, to friend and, you. <laughs> and, and in my heart, I'm like, boom, 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 They're talking to me. Like, you know, like I'm new at this school and they think I'm a droller. And so uh, I think that. I think that was a big part of it. Like, I, I, I think, I, and I think I still do it a little bit today. I sort of um will make things and i mean there are there are periods of times there are periods of time when i feel like i have trouble talking to people because i i i don't have a new thing a new thing i'm working about to like it makes me feel like i'm more interesting when i have something i'm making which sound it sounds weird but i i i guess it only it sounds weird when i say it but i i, I don't know if uh it's weird to me normally I, it's just how how i normally am i, I it's one of the reasons why like uh i mean like i said i started out like sending funny stuff to my friends like that's how i interact with people on twitter like they'll post something and then i'll I'll draw a response or I'll like roast them with a drawing and then post that. And, you know, like I, it's yeah. sort of how I interact with people. It's like my uh, language that I speak a little bit. So, well, I, I think that's fairly common. Like I feel that myself and, and that's a large part of why um, art and like creativity to me is important because it helps me connect with others in a way that I don't feel in other areas of my social life, I guess, because for me, when I make something, I'm taking something that's like deeply personal inside of my mind and trying to explain it through a story or a joke or something like that. And when people connect with it online, it makes me feel really like, yeah, like good. So same here. I'm trying to tell these meaningful, I'm trying to tell these meaningful inside uh, introspective things about farts and, and, and getting a boner and <laughs> I just want to express this so bad to other people I mean maybe maybe that's my depth man maybe that's what I think is deep I don't know uh I I think that it's enough it's enough for me to like like I like making stuff one of the reasons why uh why I describe my cartoons as sort of guilty pleasure is because like I like when my cartoons or my jokes sort of sneak up on you and they make you laugh before you have a chance to think about how stupid it was. Like I, I want to make people laugh at something and then 
be like, man, I thought I was more mature than to laugh at something like that. Like, can you give me you know, like a I, specific example of something you've done in that? Like, I can, I can probably think of. A- <laughs> I mean, th- there's there's a short that I did called Tool Tim for Adult Swim that like I think might be the stupidest thing that I've ever made. It's three minute. It's a three minute parody of uh, Home Improvement um, with Tim Allen and. Uh, the whole the whole thing is a is a is about him building he's building a coffin in the house uh and he's and he's making a show around it but the coffin is so dangerous that it keeps killing members of his family and like like his 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 goth son gets sucked up into the gears by one of his chain bracelets or whatever and like uh and and it's and and it's it's so it's so it's hard for me to even explain the plot in any sort of like like if i was to submit it to a film festival trying to write up a little thing about it to to make it sound good is like impossible but like i i i really like uh or or for instance i have a i have a short that's I try, I'm I, I'm trying to remember the, the the lyrics of it. I made a song about uh, it, it's it's these two um, uh, this couple that is uh, the guy is meeting his girlfriend's parents for the first time, and uh, they ask like what what are your intentions with my daughter, and the 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 lyrics in it are. Like, I don't want to be tied down unless you're talking kinky. The only ring I want around my fingers, brown and fucking stinky. And it, and she's sitting on his finger with her butthole. And, and, and it's like the stupidest thing that I could have fucking done. But like, it catches, I, I think it catches you off guard and you don't expect it. And it's, and it's like, what the, what's happening? And you know, whatever. And like, I like, I like that kind of stuff that like you don't you wouldn't want people to know that you think it's funny <laughs> like, so I, I like are you writing in korea because you also put a lot of effort into your animations are you thinking of a specific person in mind or like you're like i want i don't know people at 3 a.m who are kind of high to laugh at this or i just want my friends to laugh at this or i think this is risky enough that like adult swim will take it on like what is what is the I, intention when you're creating I, something I, like that so so i do i do like i like making things that feel fucked up but but also have a sincerity behind them like where these people's where these people are sort of like talking about what they feel in their heart but they're like naked and have a boner or like like they're 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 shitting but they're talking about something meaningful or what like like i like like i like making stuff that is for adults but it's like immature uh i also that being said i also don't like uh super offensive cartoons and um just for you mean offensive for the sake of being offensive offensive for the sake of being offensive like cartoon i also am not super big into when cartoons like have a whole bunch of people just getting slaughtered just like just mindless violence i like the thing is is i like like i so i have a rule where in my cartoons if 
people die, I usually need it to be a joke. Like I need it to have a joke along with it. I need the character to have a funny catchphrase when he punches when he punches through them or whatever. It needs to be funny for me. And same same thing with um with like with things where it's like pushing the limits a little bit. Um, I, 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 I make rules for myself and, uh, like I, I like things that feel like they're almost too close to that edge, but there's a way to explain it. A good example is right now I'm working on, um, a short with my character fist head and I wanted to make this villain that he wasn't allowed to touch or like hit. Or like, because in the other cartoon that I had made, he kills everybody by punching them. And so I wanted to have a character that he wasn't allowed to kill through violence. And so he he's jumping through the city and he jumps down onto a ledge and there's this little boy. And the little boy's like, basic, basically he's like, what do you want, my autograph? And the little boy is like, can you put your fist in my little boy asshole. And I'm like, and he's like, whoa, 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 what? And like, and the little boy starts chasing him on this balcony and then it closes up on this little boy's face and and he has stubble and he's like this 50 year old villain that looks like a little boy who's trying to frame him for touching a little kid. And he's like, I'm a 50 year old man but those concerned mothers over there don't know that. And it zooms over all these mothers with their phones and they're about to dial 911. And then it zooms back and he's like, you're never gonna be a superhero again after I ruin your career for touching a kid. And so he, so, so the whole fight is Fisted trying to dodge, this little boy's trying to touch Fisted's hands with his crotch and Fisted's dodging. It's like a fight scene where Fisted's dodging all of the, attacks instead of being able to fight this kid and the thing is is it's it's fucked up but there's the but you do see like the loopholes <laughs> that i've made where it's like it's like actually a 50 year old man and it's the boy that's attacking him instead of the other way around and he doesn't want to like fight the boy and like, like there's all these like little things that i sort of like I'm walking the line and 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 to me that's very important like I want things to be like whoa I think that's too fucked up but like when you actually analyze it it's like it's legal like when, and when the lawyers got the books out exactly <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah you know you asked me if you could swear on this podcast but now I'm just gonna have to mark this as not safe for work <laughs> before people listen to it <laughs> But that's the thing. And the thing is, is no touching ever happens in it. What ends up happening is he um, he ends up hugging the boy and then all the mothers like, oh, that must be his father. And then (laughs) fist head fist and and, and the and the boy says uh, the 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 boy's like, this is my first smile. And he has a little smile and a tear runs down his cheek. And then fist head does a really tight squeeze and he says he screams kill him with kindness and the kid's head explodes and and that's and that's, that's the that's end okay. so, and that's okay no need to so, call 911 anymore <laughs> no need to call 911 anymore well the moms have already turned around like it's fine like they all turn around at once like all these mothers they all like oh that must be oh his father God. and they all turn around so, 
<laughs> so I mean, like, but that's what I mean as far as like, like I like things that that are like fucked up, but I also like I am in punk bands and metal bands that are uh, in this sort of PC, you know, politically correct culture. And I try to function as best as I can with within that sort of constraint, even if I push it a little bit, you know? Um, so, so let me let me ask you this. All right. So for my situation, I'm in school right now at Sheridan. And there's like a lot of I'm, I have a lot of other classmates who are in school, too, obviously. But there's um, there's like a lot of uh, sub conscious pressure to like make that disney safe uh like really great animated thing and for your thesis and follow like the formula um how do you break like for instance if i were to animate something like you just described i don't know how it would be received in uh in school or like by mentors and things so how do you um kind of do that thing that you want to do if that's your thing or just regardless of what your thing is and also have like the confidence and foresight to turn it into a career because that's essentially what you've done like a lot of people would i say like play it safe you know mm -hmm. i mean i especially see that in animation school and the thing is is like my teachers didn't like my films um <laughs> My, they didn't they 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 thought uh they they gave me a lot of notes and they would like give me a lot of advice on the jokes and i'm like i think i'm funnier than you so i i don't i'm not going to tell you know like i would take some like animation notes from them but as far as like this i personally see value in um more economic animation also sometimes the key for me is just making a sustainability in your content and in your shorts like if you're if you're making them so like if you set the standards so high for yourself that you're never able to finish anything then uh then what good is that doing and if you approach every single thing that you're doing like it's a portfolio piece then uh then you'll never make anything and i see that that's that's a problem that i see in a lot of um fresh graduates is they um they put everything they can into their senior or their junior senior thesis and then like they graduate and then they're like okay so like everything i make from now on has to be like good enough to be a portfolio piece and like they're the only art that they want to put out is basically the art in their head that they would make in like 20 years and 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 for me i i usually uh i i usually um sort of stand by the the whole like like if it works and it's funny like sort of put put it out like it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be like disney quality i i personally like finding reasons within my shorts to do that like i i'll i'll make an excuse for a really dope transformation scene here or uh like uh like i'll i'll make an excuse for uh, an action sequence like at the end of something um but i use a lot of economic style animation uh 
that um, allows me to tell my stories and to tell jokes, but not everything needs to feel like a portfolio piece. I think that um, uh, also the thing is, is if you do that and you, you, you're putting out enough stuff, you just end up like getting better. And before you know it, your worst like most limited work could be a portfolio piece. Uh, it, it's more about just continuing to make things that make you feel good. Right. And, um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes it's, it's about just following what your own style is. And, and, and I mean, and for some people, their own style is completely fluid, beautiful animation, and that's great. But you also have to figure out like, Am I able to put out work like this? Am I able to like um, d design a short form thing around this moment that I want to create? Or for instance, like uh, what I see a lot of times is like somebody that's like uh, that does very beautiful animation and they, they have a few shots that are very beautifully animated, but they fill out space with having long atmospheric shots where it's like a nicely rendered background with, and they have some trees blowing. It's like they, you start figuring out ways to loop, loop things and you can loop them fluidly. Like I do a lot of like, like small loops uh, uh, and it might be animated nicely, but it's still a loop. It's still finding a way to be economic. So, so let me ask you this. So what you, kind of what you're saying is, um, kind of find your place with being economical in, in certain areas or like go above and beyond in other areas. But when you what was, when you first got your job, how did you get it? Did you spend a lot of time working on those portfolio pieces or uh, was it previous? I know that your fist had um, video like got you a lot of attention when you were first starting animating. So how did you kind of break in yourself? Um, one of the ways that I broke in was just uh, putting shorts online, shorts online that I did, uh, not being afraid to just put them out there everywhere that I could. And I mean, there are people at these companies uh, that it's, it's their whole job to find new animators online that make work that people like and uh usually i think it's worthwhile to like when you're searching for jobs um to make it a little bit easier on yourself by like alternatively it's just you looking for jobs but if you put things online then there's a chance that somebody will meet you halfway and they'll find your work so my first jobs were somebody finding my um short and they wanted me to pitch some shorts to them or they wanted me to uh, uh, make shorts for their YouTube channel. Um, uh, but yeah, I think what was, were there two parts to your question? Uh, sure, but um, I'm wondering, maybe you can explain how you got T Teen Titans Go as a storyboarding gig, because that seems to me like a little bit of uh, uh, um, Kind of different than your usual like short quirky self-animated things basically uh the way that it normally works when i'm like trying to balance 
um, doing my own work and doing uh, work on other shows is uh, I try to maintain a certain level of um, freelance where I'm uh, ma- making my own work. So, so normally, like I would, I would work on shorts of my own, but recently I've been trying to shift towards um getting paid to make my own ideas which requires a certain amount of pitching so sort of like making freelance of my terms so i do sort of like freelance that are that are cartoons sort of in my style and lately i've been working um jobs storyboarding or storyboarding and writing on shows uh doing studio jobs um because it, it's a more consistent line of work and uh one of the reasons i try to keep up and maintain uh putting out work that looks like mine um even when it's freelance uh is because uh i think that it makes more of a probability of um getting those other jobs if people see the kind of work that you do um and that looks like you and 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 when people can really tell you have a voice a lot of times they want you on their productions and t- to get a little flavor of what you're doing so as far as teen titans go a lot of the people um that knew me on teen titans go um knew me from my shorts online and uh from my own content that i make along with being uh, there, there are a few friends that I met along the way, and so uh, the the big reason why I was hired on Teen Titans Go is um, a combination of knowing some people that work there, but also having uh, people know my work. And I remember like going in, uh, and they wanted to do a live interview, and uh, they told me like, "Yeah, like we love your work." But like, uh, we needed to make sure we were hiring a crazy person, and so, and so like I went and, and I was like, I get it, I get, it, I get it. Like my website on on the um uh front of my website, there's a video and it's like my hair blowing in the wind, and then there's like it's a butt. Sh- shit. <laughs> and so so like they were like just even from that, we were like we have to make sure that we're we're hiring somebody that like isn't a crazy person. I was like, I get it. But for the most part, I try to let my um, my work speak for itself. You know. So okay, so it sounds it sounds like you're doing like the the storyboarding and stuff is like business, and then your hobby slash where you want to go in the future is kind of the pitching. So if you had unlimited resources right now, what would you do? Would you make a whole bunch of short little films, or would you do like a feature or a TV show? Like, what is it that you're trying to get to eventually? uh i mean what i would probably do is create a maybe like a web series like a a web series that's episodic i think that i do i do the shorts because they're like fun one-off sketches that um uh that i can pitch pretty fast and uh, the sort of people's attention spans it serves people's fast attention spans, but I I really do want to make more work that um that makes you love the characters and right. and where you so, follow. Along. So I would probably make like a 
um, a, a few web series or, I mean, I'd be down to make a show. I think that a lot of times um, uh, the way to get a show um, or the, the most, the easiest way to convince a company like, you know, like Netflix or Cartoon Network or whatever to like pick up your thing is by having this proof of concept, uh, which I'm able to do, I'm able to make these shorts. And so we would either be making a series of shorts uh, about a character on my own, or it would be creating a few different, um, almost like pi- almost like pilot uh, shorts that could lead to a TV show. I mean, I, I wish I had more time because I have I have a few yeah. ideas right right now that I want to build out and and make a short that I can use to help pitch. But um, well, I mean, well, I, I love internet cartoons, man. Like I, so, so you have you have the consistent like uh, nine to five kind of job, and then on the side you're you're spending your free time pitching these short things. What's stopping you from keeping that consistent thing and then turning your current short pitches into working on something bigger, like a bigger pitch uh, for a series. Like what's stopping you from doing that? I mean, nothing's stopping me from, from doing it. The, th- uh, the bigger pitches just take longer. I mean, I have, I have one thing right now that is in the middle of contracts where I'm, I'm about to sign a development contract for a, sh- a certain um bible that i had been working on for the last year like developing um congrats on that that's awesome thank you thank you i mean it's it's strange because like it's um i'm going to be working with a company that uh basically develops um a really uh full vision of a of a pitch like it's sort of like they take a bible and then they help fund you to make a short out of it and 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 do a small cast and pair you with like a lead writer and uh build your bible bigger and uh they fund you to write like a bible script or sorry a a pilot script and so and and then that would be with this company pitched to netflix or something like that um, how do you how do you even get involved in that in the first place like do you have to pitch to them and then or is it some like you just knew somebody i so uh in this case i knew i knew the um the the head of the company i had worked with them before and uh, they had told me they had told me before that they had wanted to work with me and uh and it's it's sort of like every once in a while you develop these relationships with um people that uh and you're just shooting the shit about an idea and they end up saying like like whoa like i i really like that idea at some point i might i may have the ability to help you make it and and this is the rare occasion when that um that happened when uh so uh so i am uh in the process of going back and forth with uh about about the contracts uh for that right now and in addition like i I have a few other bibles that i've been working on and so so that's the thing i think like recently i've sort of started to try to make a move towards um investing in myself again investing time in myself and like 
like at the beginning of this year, I, I took uh, a few weeks and I made a bunch of shorts pitches and I sent them out and I got some freelance where I was writing my own shorts. And, um, and when I first came out here, I was pitching a lot and it comes like maybe every two years I'll get like the, the courage up to pitch a bunch again. And I'll pitch like three shows, like, um, to a bunch of different studios. Um, right now, um, I have, uh, one that's the one that I was just talking about vaguely. It's about, um, it's called vampires. It's about van vampires that live in a van. Um, and, uh, uh, separately, <laughs> uh, separately, I, I have, um, one that I have been pitching with, um, with Titmouse studios. I've, I, I partnered, uh, the head of Titmouse studios, Chris Bernoski has been working with me, um, to pitch this other, like, it's almost like a home movie style. Um, it's like Beavis and Butthead, but if they were anime weebs, like watching anime, commenting on it and like taking anime too seriously and then trying to apply it to their lives and things like that. And, um, like everything in the TV would be much better drawn than what's outside. Like they almost look like home movies style, like shitty drawings and they're watching. And what it would do, it, what we've been doing is like trying to pitch it to, um, companies that, uh, that already have licensed to anime. So, uh, you know like netflix like adult swim like like these places that already show anime and could conceivably already have the license to put a clip of that anime that already exists in there and then it would add validity to fake anime that we make like right next to it there that they're watching um so so we've been pitching that I, i think we're trying to pitch to crunchyroll but i mean the thing is is like um the the thing that i'm uh just set, sort of having going through into development now like i was pitching that four or five years ago with a different as a, it was like a group of like four friends and yeah. that were having like one-off adventures in a van and now it's a it family into vampires <laughs> well, no not now well no no it, it, they were vampire there was four vampire friends now it's a it's it revolves around one main character and his family and so it's like more of a, like a family a vampire family sitcom and he inherits this this van and he has to become a vampire and it's like but but it's like uh uh, these things develop over years and sometimes you go into to a pitch and it's just not the right combination of things and it's not what they're looking for and so um a lot of this stuff the reason why i i have trouble allowing myself to put too much into it is because a lot of this stuff takes like like at, at a at, um cartoon network the the period of time in between developing uh when, when you pitch to them uh uh something and they like it and decide to um uh like develop it and turn it into a pilot the the period of time in between the start of development and a short pilot is three years usually it takes three years just to make like the short pilot which isn't even the full pilot it's like a short proof of concept and so all these things just take a long time and like uh i've had periods of time when i like for instance i was working on um uh a a pilot with adult swim 
uh, a few years back and I got her all the way up to um, casting and uh, we had finished the storyboards and we had a design team, a small design team already working on it. And uh, and then um, Adult Swim decided that they wanted to shelve it. Oh, no. Uh, I, I mean, and, and so did you feel how did you feel when that happened? The, 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 it sounds like it was very exciting and then yes uh, the the worst part of it i think was having to tell the people who like i got them jobs on my show like i like i hired friends of mine on my show and i was responsible for their salaries and like i had to tell them that like they we didn't have jobs right now <laughs> and okay. uh and, and that was the worst part and it also like I, I feel like things like that always happen all at once. And like um, uh, when that happened, I was also, uh, I don't know if I should call it let go from another job, but it was uh, a job where um, I was not full time yet. And there was like a period of uh, you would storyboard three episodes and they decide whether they would want to do a fourth and uh and i it was a job that i thought i had and then that kind of went away and then at the same time my pilot got canceled and i was like oh like i and i just like i i remember like not being able to draw for um two months or something like that i i had to like like refine my balance uh okay. because because yeah. you start you start realizing like like is like at my absolute like when i'm trying my absolute hardest is it even enough and then you start and then i started to realize like even if i'm like if i'm like going into a forest and i'm like trying my absolute hardest and running my absolute fastest in this one direction that doesn't always mean that i was running in the right direction like i, I could go as far as i want in that one way but like if you don't if you're not like on the right path then like it doesn't matter so i, I started realizing like, i think that that just wasn't like i just wasn't doing it the right way i can try again and there's i can do it differently and i you know i can still try my hardest but i have to learn from it and try to figure out how to do better next time and, yeah i like i like how you put the running in the forest it doesn't matter how fast you run you might be going <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man you might be going just in the wrong way and and yeah. so that's uh so, i mean it um, can get to your head man yeah i want to chat about the maybe as like the last kind of big topic we talk about the cartoona and adult swim pitch process and cycle because um from my perspective it seems like this the the process there is much much shorter like you pitch a really quick idea um i don't know how long it takes for them to say go for it send you the funds you make it in like yeah. i don't know a couple of weeks and then and then it's done right like so can you can you kind of go through maybe something recently you did with like adult swim maybe the gargoyle um oh, okay spot just as an example so like yeah man like yeah. what it is and then how it came about Okay. Uh, so, um, for instance, Adult Swim has um, like 15 second shorts that they have artists do and it gives the artists, artists a lot of creative control. And like, it's basically like they're making a full short themselves, but it's 15 seconds. Um, and uh, usually for a pitch like that, um, I don't really pitch one. I, I pitch, I'll pitch like six. And for each one of those, I'll have a separate sheet 
and uh, a write-up of the main way that it goes and then some sample drawings for the look of it and like just enough to sell that it's funny and um like uh for the last one i i i pitched six and they picked three so like i i pitched i pitched a bunch of like i pitched one that was like uh <laughs> there's this like weird um uh niche fetish called vor which is just someone eating someone else slowly and swallowing them so there's all these like weird 3d animated uh videos online where it's like it's like a 3d tiger swallowing a person very slowly and not showing them and so i i had a bumper that was just like lights flashing you are now watching vor and it was just like a, like an animation of someone slowly being swallowed by like a hippopotamus or something like that and and i thought it was i just thought it was funny because it was like showing a form of porn but it could be on tv because there's no nudity and there's no like they're not actually like chomping them you know what i mean so like i pitched that and i pitched one that was like um like trying it, it was like uh one that was trying to make up new memes like 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 uh but they were all like bad and stupid and like sort of uh like um the main character was like a, a drawing of an average teen and he's like explaining to you all these like weird memes that aren't real and uh but so the one that one of them one of the ones that went through was this one uh called gargoyles don't have to look cool and it was just uh the pitch was like there's these cool looking gargoyles and they transform from stone and fly off and then there's one that just looks like a rock with a fit with like a smiley face on it and that crumbles and then he and it's just like this little pink guy and he like falls off the building and um and so i i would uh send them those and then they'd pick them and then uh, so, so how long does it take you to conceptualize these each like can you do you do them like all at once in an afternoon and you're good to go? Usually it helps if I have a deadline. Most of the time when I ask for these pitches, um, I don't have an idea before the like 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 I'll I'll ask them if they want want pitches and they'll say yeah. So you, you just and, email like Adult Swim at hello at adultswim.com. Hey guys, you taking <laughs> you taking pitches? I got some ideas. Not not always. There's specific channels that I that you have to go through or sometimes you you can feel it out like I I know some people over there and like I'll be like, "Hey, do you know if they're like looking for any right now?" and I'll so I'll so like I'll sort of like try to okay, read so so like I for instance like, couldn't like go on after I chat Usually not. Uh, I have swim on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, but that but that's the thing is sometimes that could work sometimes if you, right. like like there are animators that has worked for they just have to have that right thing at that moment that yeah. makes Adult Swim laugh or whoever's monitoring that computer. But um, so like I'll I'll do that I'll do that pitch and then uh, they'll say okay we like this one make this one. And so then I'll do uh, I'll I'll usually do either a script or a storyboard first, and then I'll do the storyboard, and uh, and usually I'll do a production still too, and I'll send them the production still, and I'll send them the storyboard, and I'll say like this is what this looks like, this is how I want it to go, and usually with the storyboard I do a rough sound pass too, especially if there's any lines in it um because that doubles as like the script too for them to approve because they can do notes they're uh like um they're 
I've had I've had ones in the past where I'm really glad that I did that because, uh, for instance, there's a Harvey Birdman hollow uh holiday special one uh bumper that i made where they gave um the note after i pitched the initial thing that um it was just too far off of the harvey birdman style like what was happening and so i really had to i scrapped everything that i had and i went back and i said okay uh like what is the style of harvey birdman it's it's mostly um it's it's mostly dialogue related and for me that's very hard because um a lot of my stuff is very visual it's visual gags it's crazy it's hyper whatever um and so i was watching the holiday special and uh in the holiday special there's a running theme of harvey has retired and he writes um like trashy thriller novels and they all have like puns in the name and so i was like okay what if i pitch them like eight different um uh tra like trashy thriller novels uh that harvey birdman wrote and then harvey birdman is on the cover in each of the novels with it you know like it's all gun and games and and like it's like uh somebody trying to play basketball but guns are being shot at their feet or it's like harvey birdman trying to dodge or like um you know like it, it's like like uh, danger on a trolley and like it's like he's like on a trolley and it's all like noir and like, like and so it was all these like um covers of a book and like each cover was animated with a slight loop and so that's what i ended up going with but it was because of a note that they did um and i like by having those like incremental steps of approval i didn't get too far into the project before they realized that they didn't want anything close to what i was doing so and that happens man that that does happen i mean for yeah. the most part they're pretty chill about like um like i had one of them is called advanced workout techniques that came out and it's just all of these um progressively more ridiculous workout techniques where the last one is like climb into a coffin and then ascend to a higher plane and now it's you are in shape you are now all shapes and like it's like them in a 3d space coming apart and turning into shapes like all trippy and um the note that they i got back at the end of that one was just that his butt crack was out and we had to censor it <laughs> and like i mean that one wasn't too bad but sometimes sometimes you know sometimes there's there's notes so you have to um uh so yeah there's usually um several steps incrementally of a of a of approving these these shorts um before so it sounds take like it they still are quite the project when you get them though yeah yeah i mean if i try really hard i can usually get it done in two weeks like like oh, from, wow, okay. from storyboards sound design to animation yeah. i can usually and, get and just them just so weeks. we're clear like they send you like a, a budget and you work within it and all that stuff like it's it's like a real it's like a real gig right yeah yeah i mean for these ones in particular it was like um for 15 seconds it was like four thousand dollars and that and so that's being paid to me assuming that like i could hire other people to do right these other jobs i mean that's how it is in most of these cases like when they hire like adult swim will hire titmouse sometimes to make them and it's assuming that like 
Right. There might be more than one person working on this thing for a week. And it's like, okay, so like four people each get a thousand for a week or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're doing everything yourself. Usually. Sometimes I can use it to pay some voice actors, yeah. um, which which I, I, I try to do or I like to do. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's every once in a while you get you get some shorts that uh don't have enough of a budget to hire anybody else and uh though and and i think that um uh because of those style of shorts i've gotten in the habit of doing everything my myself but uh learn over time how to get better at doing those things yourself anyways i mean yeah I, i mean like i started off like like my first job was on a shorts team and we made one short every single week as a team we made a, a like a, a one minute short almost every single week uh like a like i made like four 30 40 shorts with that team and we would trade we would trade off positions like i would be the director slash storyboard artist for one episode and the director slash storyboard artist would give design notes um to make it all cohesive and then i would switch and on the next one i would be an animator on it or a designer on it or whatever. And um, I did that for like um, my first year in animation. I was making a short with this team every single week. Uh, and so you uh, you start to learn how to do all of the individual jobs and then how to better, you know, come up with your visual language. Like, do I want to have uh, characters with thick lines and then the the background has thin lines or do i want thin lines on my characters and then lineless backgrounds that's like painted and then is there an overall color palette in over the whole short like that's all stuff that when you're working with a company you have to pitch them the the like production still like what one completed frame would look like and once you start doing that then you start realizing oh maybe i should do that for my own shorts to make it all look consistent so i mean you're working on so many things and like you've done a lot of cool projects you you worked on some cool tv shows you worked with a lot of studios what advice would you give for somebody who is trying to follow like a similar path of developing their own unique style and really putting it out there and and like making a career out of out of animation and being so generally skilled in many areas as you are too uh i think that the the biggest key is just don't don't be afraid to to make things and to put it out and and try to keep telling yourself that uh that you're going to get better and it's okay to be where you're at and to have people see where you're at and have to to have people see you grow and they're going to grow with you and and see you get better so i i think the biggest thing that holds uh younger people back again is is just being afraid to post their thing and and just uh just make things make things that are uh short that are to you know take it easy on yourself a little bit and and try to approach making short things until you can really dedicate some to you know work work your way up to uh to to a long one and and try to work on make i mean we live in a time right now where you know this is the time of instagram and 15 second shorts and like making an animation that's 15 seconds long 
is perfectly okay. Making a GIF that doesn't have any sound, but looks like a completely finished film and is under one second is perfectly okay and perfectly valid. And uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, try, you know, it's, it's good to make portfolio pieces, but don't make everything a portfolio piece. Make some things for fun. Make, experiment with your style in a way that you haven't before and put out a short that doesn't look totally like the stuff that you've made before. And you'll start using that to develop your style and, and to grow your visual language. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think if you always are working on their portfolio pieces, it's hard to develop your own style and voice if you only make something for fun for yourself, like once a year. Like you're going to it's going to take 15 years before you develop that. So some of the best style decisions um, come from like a mistake or like drawing something in a way that you wouldn't have normally done it. And then like, hey, like what if I tried like my the way that I usually try it out is um, I uh, to test out if something looks like a cohesive style. If you can draw a small crowd of people that all look like they're in the same world, then then you have done it. If you can draw a small room of people, including the room in, you know, and make it all look like it fits in the same world, then it's working. And that's one of the reasons why I loved cartoons like Invader Zim or Rocco's Modern Life. Like the characters looked like the backgrounds, like everything looked like it fit. And I I think coming up with even, you know, it doesn't matter what your style is, like just coming up with one that makes everything feel like they fit in your own little language that that's important for developing as an artist. That's a, that's a good little test. I never thought of it that before, but it makes total sense. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share just before we wrap it up? Yeah. When you're, de- when you're designing characters, um, uh, make the screen really small for your first drawing so that you don't have enough, um, space to put a lot of detail ah. and then, take that same drawing and blow it up and clean that up. And uh, in my opinion, that's how you make a good animated design. Uh, it's like an a hack for simplifying it. Yeah. Because everyone wants to like put a mo- uh, like all this detail in it and it makes these unanimatable characters. To, you know, like you'll come up with a character that has strong shapes, the, the least possible detail that you can put into it to have it be recognizable. And then like, you start cleaning up and just start, you know, if you're going into animation, just try to become comfortable with simple drawings and, and learn to love simple drawings because uh, they're your friend and they are the way, the only way that you're going to finish your short. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all your uh, wisdom yeah. and cool stuff. And uh, I'm definitely going to have to mark this not safe for work. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh-huh. I, it, it, for real, if you if you need to take out anything, no, that's no, completely I'm gonna leave thing. it all in. It's fine. Just <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening and you'd like to follow Sean's work, you can do so by looking him up on Instagram or Twitter or his website, which all go under the name Lord Spew. Or if you'd like him to look at your work and offer some feedback, or just ask him anything about getting into the industry in general, you can do so by emailing him at fistheadglaze at gmail.com. I'll include the links to all those things in the description of this podcast. And that's all for now. Okay, bye.